0: of an announcement here to kick off uh, this episode people have been saying for a while now got to get better audio equipment i hear you i hear you it's going to cost a little bit of money to do that especially um, the type of equipment that we want to get we want to get some good equipment top of line equipment so we have to keep buying new stuff and selling the old stuff trading and trading out also want to get this bad boy back onto youtube but want to do it the right way you know, I don't, again, I don't want to waste money. Um, so we're trying to land a sponsor, got ourselves one, and it had to be good because when people think King of the Lifts, they think high end. You know, if you get featured on King of the Lifts, it's because you're you're a quality lifter, elite level lifter. You're not just at a local level. You get on the podcast, same thing, and those are the only competitions we cover so we wanted high-end company as well. Couldn't just take whoever raised their hand. We'd be very careful about this. I take this seriously. So, Fusion Muscle Supplement Company is now officially a sponsor of King of the Lifts. And because of that, we're going to start seeing some improvements around here. You know, in terms of quality, in terms of even on all social media platforms, We got a little bit of money to work with. And about Fusion Muscle, go to FusionMuscle.com. I mean, they got whatever the hell you want. You want pre-workout, you want multivitamins, you want creatine, whatever. They have it, and I personally have used it. I know my man, who's also a co-host here and been on the show several times, Cathwee has used it, and he actually was using, he was a sponsored athlete, of Fusion Muscle, leading up to the IPF World Championships, Uh, where he broke that deadlift record. And um, if you heard the last episode, uh, it's quite the story. But anyways, so very happy about uh, the new sponsor, Fusion Muscle. Check them out at FusionMuscle.com. Please do, because, um, yeah, they're helping us pay the bills. And they're helping us expand in terms of the quality of audio we're going to bring um i'm already looking at different audio technicians to come on and start setting it up and i see the prices and woo wee i'm glad i get to float that bill to our boys a fusion muscle <laughs> i tell you that right now i'm glad that is not coming out of six-pack that end i tell you that man audio equipment is not cheap and these guys do not work for free believe me i asked them they said, no dice. Hey, man, it's a great experience. Hey, man, go fuck yourself. That's what they told me. But anyways, so uh, yeah, we're going to up our, our audio quality, and uh, you're going to see a lot more going around. So go check out FusionMuscle.com and check out the supplements. And with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Six-pack lap of that, and today I got my man, Calf wheat, um sitting in. Welcome, guys. Welcome back, sir. And, um, wow, there's a little bit of uh, controversy going on in powerlifting, my friend. Probably the biggest name in, in powerlifting in terms of, like, followers, in terms of reach. Like, mainstream people talk about him. I'm into, like, UFC and, uh, and UFC guys talk about him. They're like, well, Larry Wheels. Or you know, I did this. They'll post the video. I mean, I'm no Larry Wheels, but yeah, he just turned into a household name. He's a household name. It's crazy. He's got a million. Um, he's got a million followers on Instagram, which a few years ago would have been like I, I wouldn't even be able to wrap my head around. Did you know there's gonna be a power lifter who looks like a Greek god? No, no, he's big on Greek gods. He looks like. He's bigger than superheroes too, isn't he? He he looks yeah, he like like stuff. he's he's even bigger than like he's bit larger than life, bigger than anybody from like uh, man the guy's just like what he's doing in the sport in terms of the m- numbers he's moving, his physical appearance and everything is like straight up a fucking movie or of a cartoon like an exaggerated cartoon or comic yeah, just book like
1: a picture perfect drawn image yeah like of like one
0: of those you know when they say. They, if they, they actually done like symmetrically because a lot of people like, you know, these models, these women models are giving youth um, unattainable, you know, in terms of what the, like like benchmarks to try to hit. Yeah. Like, and then they said, well, look, at boys have the same problem. When they look at comic books, they said... What this guy would look like if you walked the streets, this guy in the comic book, and they actually said what his body fat would be, his actual size would be, and all that. And it was like a full-on fucking bodybuilder on so much stuff. And that's what they would look like if they were real humans. Mm-hmm. It would look nothing like the actual guys on the Marvel movies. Oh, like, they they Those guys in the Marvel movies, if you made them into comic books, would look like string beans next to the actual comic book superhero. Um, so if one of those guys... Popped out of a comic book, they look like Larry Wheels. Okay, <laughs> that's that's the standard. Uh, not to turn us into the pressures we put on the youth of young <laughs> men today, but um, but it's true. So that was Larry Wheels, and that's why he's captivated everybody's imagination. Not only did he look like that, historically speaking, when you looked like that, you weren't the strongest man. You were like like Arnold Schwarzenegger. God right. bless, I love him. But yeah, trained for, perched for strength are like two different things. Two, historically, yeah. Like, like it, it just wasn't, it never was the case now for like one of the first times you had a guy like Larry wheels who looked like a bodybuilder. He had the physique. If you were like picture of physiques, like literally straight of a comic book, he had it. And then the strong, ungodly strength to do basically almost whatever the hell he wanted. Exactly. It felt like he could do whatever the shit he wanted, you know? And then, Oh, on top of that, he's like fucking 20, mm. <laughs> right? Like it came like he's young uh, and he's not like a, a a five foot five power lifter whatever like he's six one because a lot of power lifters they're they're shorter stockier because in terms of levers it helps oh for sure but this dude is also like a six foot one athlete type like he he checks all the boxes so yeah he blew up Instagram to a point like a million followers is is crazy I can't even wrap my head around that that's like that's full on mainstream mm-hmm. so um, biggest name in terms of powerlifting. And it just came out. His, his ex of five years, but I think they started dating, she said they started dating 2016-ish or whatever in that video. That doesn't quite equate to five years, but I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Years anyways. Um, said he's physically abusive to her. Um, and whatever, infidelity, blah, blah, blah. But that's not a huge surprise. She goes, he's cheating on me with both men and women. And... Um, the, in the same video where she's like, "and he beat me, whatever," I seen some comments. A couple, of, uh, this dude was like, "What? He fucks men? Loss of respect." I'm like, "Bro, she's talking about him beating her, and that's and what you It's it. 2019, bro. Yeah, really. I gives a fuck, but um, but anyways, um, it's she's just basically airing out a whole hell of a lot, and. Um, and it's like, everybody's talking about it. And this isn't a podcast where usually, like, I, I don't like gossiping about you know, any of this kind of stuff. I don't like gossiping, period. We're basically all positive on this podcast, mm-hmm. but we'd be remiss if we pretend this isn't happening. Exactly. You can't pretend, you don't even mention the biggest star in powerlifting, at least in the untested, but in terms of even in the IPF, and I'm an IPF guy, He's got by far a bigger reach than anybody in the IPF. Let's just be honest, right? Like,
1: yeah, for sure. Um, if
0: we're just being honest, so you can't just pretend this didn't happen. Uh, we have to at least mention. Okay, look, this happened. This this his ex came out accusing him of um, you know, basically the uh, abuse, and not just like yes, verbal. Well, whatever. I don't know what that means. What does verbally abuse mean? Does it mean fuck you? Does it mean uh? Is a name calling because I've seen like I'm not saying that's good and I I never like.
1: Well, she went beyond verbal. She said it was physical. Well,
0: well, this. Well, I'm I'm about to get there. Oh, sorry. But when she started there too far. <laughs> she start, yeah, you're going too far now. Uh, she started there where I'm like I, I don't know what necessarily verbal abuse is. That's tough because right. I've seen couples fight. Yeah. And some couples fight ugly, and I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that shit either. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. But that's like. All right, but I could like, you know, that you see that doesn't necessarily raise too many eyebrows because I've seen some weird shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's put it that way. Um, Spending fifty years with someone, you
1: know, you can start getting annoyed. Well,
0: yeah, or or uh, I get verbally abused by my buddies all the fucking time. Okay, <laughs> but uh, or you see now I talk to fucking Paul on this <laughs> podcast, so Paul's gonna come out. I and think be that's like,
1: verbal abuse. That's Hands right. Down. That's right.
0: My man's verbally abused the shit out of me, but. Um, but the more serious one is the physical abuse accusation. Right. And that one, she's got audio recording. And I don't know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the hell Larry yeah. sounds like to a T or any of that. Sounds like him though.
1: Yeah, it does sound like Larry. And something's going on. Right. Yeah,
0: 100-, uh, 100% something happened. But you can't tell exactly what's going on.
1: Yeah, you can't tell from the audio if he actually like physically you, assaults her like she claimed. Like I hope he didn't. But from listening to the audio, I can't make any like 100% this happened.
0: That's why basically I don't – I'm not saying she's lying. I'm not saying he's guilty or innocent. You don't know like you – This is just the information we have. Yeah, from what you get um, because in – she says, let me – uh, intro this audio I'm about to play you with. He hit me in my face, hit me in my body, hit me in my legs. Close fist. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, and it introed it with, I accused him of cheating, and then this happened, and then she played it. So she's setting it without playing the audio of all that, mm-hmm. uh, um, the ac- accusation, and and she just showed like a brief clip. In the audio clip, he's saying like, give this to me. You don't deserve having it. Yeah, but she doesn't say oh, by the way, because it sounds like, what is he taking yeah, from you? Yeah, exactly. sounds like, he's sounds taking like he something took something from her. She doesn't say, she doesn't address like, that at all in what her What the fuck is going but... <laughs> on in his What did he take from you? I can't tell. I didn't hear like, like yeah. whatever. I'm not saying he didn't before, after, whatever the shit, I have no idea. Right. But you can't tell what the shit is happening. It doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. It sure as shit doesn't sound good. If he violently Yank something out of her hand. She fell over whatever the shit or uh, like it's not good. It's like sure as shit not good, but you can't tell what the hell is going on.
1: And I think the toxic thing are of these situations, you go on social media and you have people like taking her side, taking Larry's and side. But when it, it comes down to it, no one knows except for those two if, what happens. So it's like anyone, you can't accuse anyone till the full story comes out. If, till there's,
0: if anyone could watch that video, listen to that clip and tell me, I know dead to rights. This cat did this. Man, you don't know that.
1: Exactly. Or I know
0: dead to right, she's lying. You don't know that either.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. That's what I'm like, let's just let's just fall back a minute and, and let this unwind. Right. Um. And unpack uh, on its own. And then she ends up having playing another clip where she's got a knife to defend herself. Not to attack. Mm-hmm. But saying, don't come near me. She says, I can't believe you hit me. He doesn't address what she's saying. He's like, almost like, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can't tell if he's like whatever i didn't and that's when that's
1: when he called the cops
0: he called the cops on her right saying look it um my girl pulled a knife on me she's got a knife things are escalating she's getting wild and she's like you're calling them on me well i should be calling them on you so this is where it's like i don't know about like not to get into like uh you know I've been in some fights before. I hate it when people bring up like old fight stories. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like I'm not trying to be a tough guy. Right. But we've all been in fights before. Mm-hmm. You know, you've been in scraps. I've been hit and I've hit. I've been in scraps where if I get hit just twice, you can still you can win a fight and walk away with a black eye. Oh yeah, it, leads it the no, mark.
2: You get fucked up. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know you can't start swinging on somebody like another grown man my size. We start swinging on each other.
1: And not get, just anyone swinging at you, it's Larry Wheels. Well, this
0: is this is what, yeah. Like, I've been, like, I mean, man, this is way back in the day, okay? And I'm not trying to bring up old scrap stories again, but I've been in enough scraps. Anybody who's been in scraps knows go ahead, scrap somebody, even just your own size, and get banged up. Go toe to toe with somebody. She said, I got hit in the face, closed fist, hitting the body, closest, hitting the legs, closed fist. You're getting fucked up, man. I've been scrapped where I haven't been hit nearly that much. You can even win and be like, man, I got fucked up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, that was fucked up. That was wild. For it's like, you go back home and wake up the next day, like, oh, damn. Um, and that's just the way it is. You know this. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, and in my early 20s, doing a little boxing too, and like, you just get fucked up. It's part of it. You can't get hit without getting fucked up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's where I'm like, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying she's lying, but the first thing I thought of is like, I know. When I, like, this is, this is when, like, I mean, I wasn't fighting dudes like Larry Wheels. Dude like Larry Wheels wants to scrap. I'm buying him a beer, thank you very much. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, ah. Just take my money. Take you, my money, yeah, what, what's the beef, man? You want my girl? It's yours. Um, so if Larry Wheels closed fist, punched me in the face, punched me in the body, punched me in the legs, and me, let alone a woman 70 pounds smaller than me, and she said she's like a buck 20, I got to think she's fucked up. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're getting hit. You get hit once anywhere that you're getting fucked up. Not just an audio. You take a pic of that. Like you should be like. And she said, my face, my ribs, my legs. should be subscribed no all No pics the have lot. come out.
1: Have they yet? Have any? No. Just been the audio.
0: Just the audio. But then, um. So, hey, man. Why didn't she take a picture of that shit?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm right.
0: not saying she's lying. I'm just saying right. if it was me.
1: But like, if you were going to record it and like. You know, make time to say I'm going to play this recording for to see. You
0: think you take a photo yeah, You too. get fucked like Rihanna. Yeah, like Rihanna's like I got fucked up. Look at my face, man. And it's indisputable. Look at my face. Right. You know. And um. And then if he wailed on her like that, closed fist all over her body. Two two minutes later, calls the cops to come over.
1: Yeah, because then the you cop will see
0: Why would you do that?
1: <laughs> exactly. If you're like, come on over. Oh, see, see what I just did.
0: Like, like even if you're like, well, she pulled a knife on me, so
1: it's I punched her in the, defense, I punch her in
0: the face, the body, and the legs over and over. Like the but then she, that could
1: just be like excessive use of <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> It's like my man, you beat her from head to toe. The way she described it, lately she said legs, body, ribs, face. Her whole body, right. you just hauled off on her man. Mm-hmm. You you didn't just wrestle the knife out of her. If you're that close to hit her that many times, you would have got the knife out of her hand, man. yeah. Like, it, like, it, the story doesn't sound totally there now. That doesn't mean she's lying, no, it just means she hasn't fully explained either.
1: No, we definitely don't have the full story, she hasn't
0: fully explained either. There's more to all of this, man.
1: Has Larry spoken on this? Not yet? at all,
0: not at all. So, there's a lot of it. So, anything in terms of all of it, people jump into conclusions like. A, hey, I don't. Th- I'm not saying she's lying. I just think maybe she hasn't. Maybe she might have pictures, or she might be like, "Look at I whatever." There's, there's more to it. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been. Pol- I haven't asked, man. You know what I mean? Um, and who knows? Larry hasn't said like I don't know which way. But some people are dead to rights hopping on social media saying like, "This this person's right or that person." Yeah, that's, that's totally signs. wrong. You can't we don't do know that. none of yeah. this, man. We don't know. There's so many. I have so many questions regarding this. I don't know which way this is flying. Yeah. Um, it's a bummer to hear, though. Mm-hmm. We don't get too many stories like this. We no, aren't that... It's
1: always a shame when there's someone like that you look up to. is such a big fall and you hear something slandering them. Like. Well,
0: so here's something that um, uh, Sean Noriega actually posted saying, uh, look, you might look up to some people like that, and that's good, athletically speaking. Mm-hmm. But let's not assume about people... That they're noble in their private life the whole time, right. just because you look up to that.
1: Oh, that's you know very he true. said
0: like he said like you know without without trying to pick a side or whatever, just stating. However, this shakes up. Maybe it's a reminder that we don't know people like that in your inner circle. When you meet somebody and you know them, it's probably better to look up to people like that that you know.
1: Yeah, that's but very well said, Vine. Yeah. You
0: don't know what the shit. You don't know like. These people, he's got a million followers, posts once a week, and he's jacked, and the whole nine. Yeah. Or you just say like, I look up to his work ethic. I mm-hmm. look up to his, but just never keep in mind when it turns into idol worship, and yeah, you like, start giving traits to people that you don't. You, you're 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 projecting traits onto people you don't know.
1: Right, separating the know personal life from yeah, kind of like the athlete or his or yeah.
0: Exactly. Like you don't you don't know. People, like, you think you know them just because you watch, follow them on Instagram and hear them on podcasts or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, so that's true. And that's not to say uh, that any of this is true. It's just to say you don't know. And um, so with that being said, yeah, I mean, everybody's got to pull back a minute. This is like a private, this is a private matter. Unfortunately, it went public.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Unfortunately, you know, it's probably best to take it the private route, get authorities involved. hmm if dude wails on you like that, like the scribe, you should have tons of evidence all over you. Go through those channels. Stop this. Whatever the reasons are that all this is happening now, Frank, man, it's a, it's not good. It ain't good for anybody.
1: No. But, uh,
0: <laughs> but it is what it is. So I don't want to dwell on it. We'd be remiss to pretend it's not happening because God knows I have posted him a kabillion times. And uh, because... Yeah, he's like a comic book dude. He just walked out of a comic book and starts doing crazy shit. He could fly out to Iceland where the world's strongest man's at and go tit for tat with him in training. Who can do that at his size, right? So yeah, he's intriguing. And some people are messaging because we do post them and saying, does this mean you're not going to post them anymore? Or does this mean you can't post them anymore? It doesn't mean if you post them, you're not siding with you know, you know, women's rights, etc. Mm-hmm. And it's um, that's why you y- you have to address it. Even though I don't, I like I don't like the negative gossip shit. You got to address it to a minute just to let everybody know. I'm gonna hold serve until I know any if th- anything else. Like I don't want to assume the worst about shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, I don't want to assume. Let, let's just see what happens.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: before we throw somebody.
1: Yeah, like posting doesn't mean you support abuse. It just
0: it, it just means. <laughs> I support the lifting and all that I don't know if 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 it comes out if it's like yes there's proof now and this happened and whatever the shit all right well now I can make some different calculations like all right I, it's too much right it's too much i can't I can't get behind you mm-hmm. not, I would in terms of all of this I would never do something to push someone back
2: mm-hmm. any kind of
0: pull I might have I would never reach out and be like I don't like this guy I don't think you should do this for him I don't think i' wanna I would never Here's what I say. I would never go out of my way to close doors for people and make it harder for people to do certain things Mm -hmm. with whatever fucking connections I have within powerlifting. The only thing I would ever do is not push you forward and get shy. That's it. Dude pops and you're in the IPF. I fucking hate that. Do not lift in IPF drug tested and pop. I'm pissed. I'm not happy with you. I might not post you. I might not have you the, uh, on the podcast. I might be like, hey, fuck. But I'm not going to go out of my way to try to hurt you any more than your suspension or whatever the shit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want that kind of negative karma. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not going to go out of my way like that. So We you, just post the positive news. <laughs> that's it. I'll just be like, look, I'm just not going to push you forward. You know what I mean? I'm just not going to back you up and give you shine. All I want with King of Lists is push people forward, make it good keep people shine, and give people exposure. Shitty things happen, just keep it moving, and that'll sort itself out. And look, man, like, yeah, you serve your suspension, you come back, you're back. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll back up. Man, I, I forgive, forget, just like everybody else. I'm also not, like, you know what I mean? I try not to get emotionally attached. But anyways, um, another thing I want to briefly talk about, because it's been talked about a lot on social media, with the Robert Oberst on uh, Joe Rogan. We had... Um, Talked about it. He said on Joe Rogan, you should never deadlift. Well, let's paraphrase. I don't give a shit to read, quote, word for word. Everybody yeah, in the world already has.
1: Everyone knows the story at this point. There's
0: t-shirts out now. <laughs> um, and he basically said, deadlifting is, I'm going to paraphrase, so dangerous. You should never deadlift if you're just deadlifting for another sport or strength training. You should only deadlift if you're trying to get better at deadlifting because that's your sport. Yeah,
1: as a sport.
0: And that's basically bullshit. Uh, let's call a spade a spade. Dude's talking out of school. Um, and he said, Wow, people are taking out context. Him and his boys, his crew around him, like, everyone's taking this all out of context. Nah, nah, that's what you said.
1: Mm-hmm. It was pretty clear on the nah, podcast. It was, it, was, it
0: was damn clear. Nah, no, nah, that's what you said. And there's clear as day deadlifting is no more. At Lane Norton gave a good response saying, statistically speaking, um, powerlifting as a sport is one of the more safer sports to choose from a lot of these other Olympic sports mm-hmm. the, the movements are linear movements um, it's like sprinting you're going to pull hamstrings calves whatever the shit mm-hmm. far more than deadlift any of these linear movements
1: every single movement like every exercise has a risk of injury it's how you kind of manage your workload appropriately s- all
0: sports period yeah yeah. but do like wrestle or soccer football whatever the hell I
1: had more injuries in soccer than I have since I started powerlifting yeah and that's <laughs>
0: soccer you know, um, so no, deadlifting is safe. It's a linear movement. You, you stay in the pocket. You should be fine. Yeah. You, the problem is, and we, we talked about it in the podcast, we recorded, then I got hurt.
1: Yeah, uh, Ryan basically wasted an hour of my time, called what, me over, yeah. says, let's shoot a podcast bit. Let's talk about it for an hour. Look, then this guy hurts himself yeah, trying I, to do a noble cause over here. I, I, <laughs> I,
0: I, I hurt myself deadlifting. <laughs> 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 the irony. No, I'm joking. I didn't hurt myself deadlifting. Long story. Won't get into it. But, uh, but yeah, so I ended up in the hospital. Um, I was flip. I'm doing car flipping for charity. Uh, do some strongman stuff and fucking tore my calf. Doing it is what it is. And then dropping that podcast became, uh, not on top priority. And then by the time I was going to drop it, everybody and the mother was all over it. And it became people like sick people. Yeah. missed the boat. People sick about hearing it. Um, but so anyways, uh, yeah, so, so if you if you see Robert Oberris he's a 400 pound man Have you ever seen these strongman man deadlift uh, Jerry Pritchard yeah um, you know Robert any of these guys Brian Shaw mm-hmm. their legs are spread out like they're squatting stance yeah uh, or like a sumo like their hands are gonna go through their legs there's it's so awkward to watch a super heavyweight 350 to 400 pound man try to deadlift very awkward. You will never in your life see a 74-kilo, 83-kilo man squat with that technique. If oh, they did, sure. you'd be like, is this your first meet? Yeah. With the shit. Now, they have to because dimensionally speaking, they're bigger than like strong men 15 years ago were not nearly as big as these men are. These men are so much bigger than we've ever seen strong men. And dynamically speaking, it's easier for them to have weight on their back and squat down than lift it off the ground. Mm-hmm. Just lever-wise, it is what it. Even in the IPF, and you're yeah. not as big as these gentlemen. Their deadlifts, like guy, you have guys 93s, eight, 83s deadlifting the same as the, the heavyweights. It's difficult for them to get uh, down there.
1: Yeah. And the other thing is just looking at deadlift as a movement pattern. Let's like forget about lifting as heavy as you want. Like you're basically picking something off the ground, utilizing uh, like... Sorry, utilizing hip flexion and or hip hinge. So that's something we do on a regular basis. Whether you're picking up your groceries, moving, moving couch, doing a move. So it's a movement that we regularly have to do. So it doesn't make sense to learn how to properly and effectively like get better at that movement pattern. Essentially,
0: be four hundred pounds and pick something off the ground. It's fucking difficult. Be four hundred pounds. Go up and down stairs. These dudes. There's a reason why these dudes like are. are you either you get the weight off your body soon or mm-hmm. you're not going to live long. Like yeah. that shit's different for them to get down. Watch them deadlift and watch the technique. And they're the best deadlifters in terms of heavy weightage. Mm-hmm. But if they technically ran a seminar, we're going to teach guys, normal size athletes who are like 200 pounds of muscle or jacked up in all these other sports. Mm-hmm. We're going to teach them how to deadlift, how we deadlift with our setup. They're going to – these 200-pound dudes – 100-kilo dudes, 90-kilo dudes, for our European friends, they're going to be deadlifting like, like fucking amateurs. Yeah. You cannot deadlift exactly. like that. Exactly. And if he
1: said, like, for a professional football player who's mid, mid-season or going to the playoffs, like, don't do a, don't do a run one-rep max, I'd be like, yeah, don't do it. That would be a stupid time to do it. So, so, to, <laughs> so context so, is important for sure.
0: So to throw it back, what Kathy's talking about. He said, you walk into any gym, NFL players, you know, any high-level athletes, none of them are deadlifting. Mm-hmm. which is I don't know what the fuck I know look we're in Canada football's not as big here we got hockey they're all deadlifting mm-hmm. man deadlifting is like it's yes you can deadlift man you just gotta set it up properly you good there's no more likely there's no stat that he can drop that it deadlift is more um, dangerous than squatting or benching or any of mm-hmm. that
1: Oh, and the biggest thing was when he said, that's why the football players are doing clean and press. That's an Olympic weightlifting move, which is way more technical than deadlifts Yeah, as try well.
0: that shit. <laughs> you're only gonna get proficient at something like cleans and pressing and stuff like that if, you, if you're if you like 100% into that. If yeah. it's your side piece, where you have all these other, inta- like football, and all the other different um, weightlifting you have to do, you're not gonna get as proficient on that lift It's an Olympic lifter. Olympic lifters are far more safer. To get proficient enough to be safe, that's far more dangerous. The deadlift is far less complicated. Pulling something off the ground, it's far easier to get proficient at the deadlift and integrate it into your weight training if you're an athlete of a different sport. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like 100%, in terms of um, being safe when training, fucking stay, stay in the pocket on your RPEs, you good.
1: Oh, 100%. You good. Yeah, load management. That's
0: Dude, it. <laughs> a deadlift is, it's, I, I, I'm telling you, here's what it is. And I think I know why he said what he said. He's a 400 pound man. All of the guys he trains with are like these big monster dudes. Like the guys that he's really, you know, he probably trains with smaller dudes, but he probably, he's that 400 pound dude who doesn't fully give a shit. You're 200 pounds, you want to work in with him. He's thinking you're playing with toy weight and he's really looking over at the boys that are his size. And he's like, we're the, we're the pros here. Okay, so they're moving some. They're moving some serious weight. So he's telling himself, "We're the best deadlifters in the world." Okay, we, we got the biggest deadlifts in the world, and we all tell each other, "Fuck me, the deadlift is painful on me." Yeah, it's really tough on me. Yeah, if I didn't have to deadlift. But he's missing the fact that your sample size, Robert, is less, small percent of the less population. Less than one percent of the world. You're four hundred pound freaks that are deadlifting ungodly weight and your form is purely for the mechanics of a 400 pound man, so it's very awkward for you to do it. But if you actually, if he, if he actually had deadlifters like come to the IPF World Championships and take a look at these, take a look at yourself how you, you broke an open IPF world record. Not, not a single one of those gentlemen look like you when you're deadlifting. Mm-hmm. That's not like, you're, because you're 190 pounds, you weigh in at 83 kilo, and your levers, like you're a jacked up, ripped dude. It's not like you're an unathletic dude, small guy or whatever. You could play whatever, any other sport you wanted. Powerlifting has you. An athlete like yourself, you stay in the pocket. Your levers and your deadlift will look nothing like theirs. And you're safe. You deadlift all day and year round. All the time. Volume, partials, vary, all the different variations. You're good. Paused, whatever. However you like it. And you're safe. If I had you set up, like Robert Orbers and Jerry Pritchett. And then I said, deadlift like that, where your feet are spread like you're squatting, reach around the spread feet and pull down and lift up, max load, triples, whatever, with straps on. You're going to get fucked up.
1: I'll be able to maintain no tension You'll be at all.
0: dead. <laughs> so, yes, man. It's it's just a matter of sample size and the whole nine that I think is messed up. And the reason why I want to address this is because after the fact, him his boys and everything are like, Trying to flip the script, like oh, people took that out of context. Nah. now nah, I read the I heard it mm-hmm. and then reread the quote. And um the, the original podcast we did, I read the quote on there. I don't even give a shit no more because right. it's like old school. Now he's got T shirts. Yeah. Deadlifting aid a crime in the whole nine. He's he's like literally milking it. That's like the best, best thing for him. Mm-hmm. Before, how many people didn't know who who he was? Like powerlifters, whatever. And yeah. now everybody's talking about it. Oh, that's We're true. talking about it right now, giving him some shit.
1: Exactly. <laughs> whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm not going to
0: hold his feet to the fire too badly. I'm sure I've said some dumb shit in my day. I mean, when you do a podcast every week, you think of how many hours of talking I've done, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's commentating, podcasting, whatever. I am sure yeah. at some point I said something, somebody heard oh, it. Oh, for was like, sure. That's you're so you're
1: also talking live, so like maybe you didn't get everything out, but that's whatever at this point. doesn't matter. Honestly,
0: I think he's speaking generally from the heart, from his sample size that he sees. From, it's anecdotal, like, it's um, literally what he sees directly with the biggest deadlifters in the world, him and and his crew of the top strongmen. So he's thinking, what better sample is it? We're the biggest deadlifters in the world. All of us are having problems with deadlifting, and it's very difficult to perform, and we wouldn't do it if we didn't have to. So he's thinking, that's legit. Hey, man, a lot of people in life, that's what you do. And you speak out a turn as though that is the way it is for everybody. When in reality, nobody deadlifts like you deadlift, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you're 400 pounds, right? (laughs) Like, it's just not the way you set up. Even squatting, man, you see these dudes, they have to, like, the rack, the the way they have to. Yeah, their their hands
1: hands are holding, like, the edges. They got their wide stance. I (laughs)
0: shit you not. I saw like a 74-kilo dude at the IPF Worlds squatting with his hands out like that. And it's like, my friend, who are you following on Instagram that you see squatting like that? He's squatting like 1,000 pounds or whatever the shit. And you think, this is the way you squat. He squats a thousand, he squats this much. All my idols squat like this. So this is how I'm going to squat. Mm-hmm. And you're a 74-kilo dude thinking, well, this is the way it should be because that's what they do. it. It's not the way it is for you, though, bro. Because you are not 400 pounds.
1: Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah.
0: You do not need to be setting up like Ray Williams when you're a 74-kilo dude. It looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And you can't get tight. These dudes are so big, they're tight. You can't get tight when you're spread out like that. It looks silly. Mm-hmm. But um anyways, I'm sure I've talked it out of pocket about some stuff. So we'll let him off the hook. But had to address it. And he's somewhat backstepping it. Somewhat saying, well, it's us take a it out little of complex. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, you know... Whatever. You can't hold everybody's feet to the flame. So, yeah, man, well, we got a little bit of, we very rarely, usually when we do these intros, it's light. We're joking around, shooting shit. would you been at, you see seen any movies, whatever. But we had some things to address. <laughs> we had some things to address, didn't we, sir? It
1: was a heavy intro. It was
0: a heavy intro. Um Speaking of heavy uh, and 74 kilo boys, we got Michael C. Pushed a major weight at the IPF Worlds. Had one of the Biggest showdowns in the juniors um, against fellow American, Ricky Cho. And it was a phenomenal showdown. And uh, he's got the win. And now he's on everybody's radar. It'll be, I think, he's if I'm not mistaken, he'll be moving into the Open shortly. We'll ask him when. And, um, yeah, I want to talk about that showdown. I want to talk about what's coming to the future. I want to talk about what he thought about with the battle with Ricky and, uh, and what's to come. So, without further ado, let's give Michael C. a ring. And we got 74-kilo IPF Junior World Champion, Michael C. Am I pronouncing the last name right?
2: That is correct. I got it.
0: (laughs) Um, Dude, that was a a hell of a performance. When I was commentating your session, um, you and Ricky Cho went toe-to-toe in a freaking battle right to the end. And um, so previously going in, everyone knows everybody in the open. But um, the juniors sometimes it can come out and surprise people and it's kinda like if you win, a star is born. You know, there's a lot of heat on you right now, especially if you win and it's a battle like that. Now, had you and Ricky gone toe to toe like that at the Nationals going into the Worlds?
2: So, um, at Nationals, uh, we actually, I didn't really know Ricky at the time. I think we were following each other, but I didn't really know who it was and it wasn't prime time or anything. Um, but obviously he had a good performance at Nationals and ended up making the national team. And so kind of like building up to Worlds, you know, had a little bit of trash talk back oh, and forth. Oh, really? so,
0: <laughs> No kidding! <laughs> so,
2: so, I mean, it was kind of... I was glad that it happened the way that it did because obviously I wanted to have a good performance beforehand, but like when I found out he was going and... Like the back and forth thing kind of started. I was really like, you know, I really want to have, you know, my yeah. best performance yet. Hell yeah! yeah. So it was no so, friendly competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was friendly, of course.
0: It was yeah but, yeah, but it was like competitive. Like if you're talking trash to your boy, you're playing whatever sports, whatever, just like that.
2: But yeah, you, yeah.
0: But you guys didn't know each other though.
2: No, no, no. So, um, so, we actually that was the first time we had met each other at Worlds this year.
0: It's kinda of weird, so it's different if you're trash talking your buddy. It's different if you don't know the dude. But you you kinda of know like, all right, we're keeping it in the lines of just kind of wink wink um, we're trash talking. But it feels weird, doesn't it? It's because yeah. our sport doesn't do that a lot.
2: Yeah, that that was a thing. It was kind of I mean, to be completely honest, at first I was kinda of like, Okay, yeah, I don't know this guy. <laughs> this I don't he's kind of but then, like, just thinking about it, you know, that's something that we need. We need that you know friendly back and forth trash yeah. thought to keep things interesting. Yeah. you know, so
0: it's it's look at in terms of sports, if you just keep it sports and it's not like personal and you could tell you could t- like you could always tell when somebody's keeping it, just trying to hype it up a little bit, get a little interest going and um <laughs> i am I'm, I'm all for it, man. I think one hundred percent it helps a showdown for sure, especially. The, when you guys hit the platform, you deliver. Both you delivered. Like, that was some back and forth, man. You guys were swapping around world records. It was a tit-for-tat affair right up until Deads. Um, if it was, like, a dude who's, <clears throat> I think Russell said one time, he's like, look, it, I appreciate the dudes hit me up on Twitter and shit being like, I'm next. Watch out. And then he looks, and you're ranked, like, 15th. You know, like that's not, <laughs> you're not really next, nice. no. you know. Like yeah, you, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. Whereas, if you really are neck and neck and it's going to be a good show, fuck man, might as well help bring attention to it. What was, so what was the the trash talking? Do you remember some of what was said? Because I didn't even know. Nope, I think we froze for a second here.
2: Do you still hear Sorry, us? uh, you're breaking it. A
0: bit. All right. Okay, you pause, but I, I can hear you. <clears throat> do you remember what? Uh, do you remember what the trash talking was? Hold on. We're just pausing it. Sometimes, if I'm moving and I'm a hand talker, it, it, it buffers because I'm moving in front of the, the
2: screen. Yeah, yeah, it, it 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 froze a little bit, but it's I think it's good now.
0: Okay. Do you remember the trash talking that was said between between you guys?
2: Um, so I don't think it was necessarily directly between us, but it was more so him, you know, um, you know, basically claiming the gold medal beforehand, which you know, of course, again, it was it was friendly. um, And was this but I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't anything too crazy. You know, it didn't really get too personal or anything like that. I, I was never really offended by any of it. But um again, like I said, it definitely motivated me. It made me want to like go out there and like have my meat. Did you um, did you respond me?
0: So this was on social media, right?
2: Yes. And, and yeah, did, you re-
0: did you respond in social media? Not directly, but also said, Hey man, a lot of people talking or anything like that. <laughs> um
2: you know, I, I kind of let them know that I was seeing everything. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really say much the whole time. I just wanted to kind of just show up and just have my meat because, um, you know, before this, I wasn't. I've never really been much of a trash talker, but this kind—I of, mean, after this, I might have to do a little bit. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> you cause, gotta up your game. I name. mean, it, it, it was—it was fun. So
0: yeah, yeah. And um, what was it like when you guys, like, showed up and you were backstage in the warm-up room and, oh, shit, now we're both here. We're both on the same team. We're both like Team USA, but you guys, like, see each other in the warm-up room. What was that like? Was it awkward or was it all right? Because you even got to, I know when you weigh in, you wait in line beside each other and shit. Like, you you spend the day together. Was Was it awkward or was it like, man, we are not even thinking about it?
2: No, I mean, it actually, it wasn't awkward at all. You know, um, like when we met each other for the first time, obviously we said, what's up, and everything. And then, like, just waiting for the weigh-ins, we actually, you know, we were talking the whole time. There really wasn't any tension, anything like that. We both just kind of, and I mean, the meet was going so fast that we really didn't have time to, like, just sit down and think about it. We were kind of just lifting, and then it was over before we really knew it.
0: Was there any mention when you're waiting to get weighed in and there's nothing to do with wait in that hall? I've been there, and you're sitting in the hall with all the dudes you're about to go to battle with. It's kind of awkward at times. And um, you're chilling, waiting for your name to be called. Was there any mention at all about social media and things that were said, or did you guys just let it be?
2: Uh, we just kind of let it be. And actually, uh, at that time during the weigh-ins, all I could think about was that I left my passport and my slippers at the hotel, so I mean, at that time, I was kind of panicking Uh, about that. (laughs) so my girlfriend, which she was pretty mad at me about that for a little bit, Um, she had to run to the hotel and back and like get all that back to me. Yeah. Um. So thank, but thankfully, she got that back in time. But (laughs) you You owe her one. You were
0: preoccupied. (laughs) Like, oh shit, I forget. So, did you need your passport at Wayans? I can't even remember now.
2: So, um, it was needed, but we tried it with my driver's license and thankfully uh, they accepted it. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's supposedly a rule that you have to have your passport. No shit. Exception?
0: And do you have to cut uh, a lot of weight to make, or like, do you have to cut it all to make 74?
2: No. Um, so I actually sit normally around 167, 168. Um. Which it is funny, because most of the other guys are like trying to find the nearest sauna Dude. and trying to do everything in their power to make it, and I'm just kind of chilling. um the last two or three days before i I basically just switch over to liquid calories and um that last bit of weight just drops off like that usually.
0: We, my my other co-host Paul, he's a seventy four kilo, and he cuts like he's cut like fifteen pounds before he's cut like. Like, 74 kilo, it's one of those funny weight classes because in terms of people walking the earth, a lot of people fall around a buck 80. And cutting to 74 is very tempting. So you see some people making some drastic cuts to 74 kilo. Um, another thing, man, I seen you at the Worlds, and you look way bigger, though. Like, you look way <laughs> bigger. Like, you look like you <laughs> cut a shitload. You were sitting, you were with, like, Russell, I think, and you look like, like Russell was bigger, but not like... Like, you're, you look like a big 74. I would have thought you cut a lot.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, that's... I attribute a lot of that to... Um, I'll be honest. I kind of neglected my accessories for a while. And, you know, the accessories is kind of the, the, the punk. The punk. Yeah, the beach body, man. Uh, quote, unquote. Weekend. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, shout out to um, my boy my my coach, Marcellus, for kind of me. Basically telling me I need to get on that. So... Um, you know, I've really been on that hard, and and I've been saying, you know, for this next round nationals, I want to go in there like thick, like one of the biggest 74s out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you do
0: you uh, do you plan on cutting weight then? Like, have you ever had to do a substantial water cut?
2: So I think the heaviest that I've been going into a meet was Worlds last year. I was I was a bit closer to one seventy for that one. So um, I did water cut for that one. It was a small water cut. Um, and I actually didn't perform any better. I I actually had, I I mean, you remember last year you were commentating it. It was a pretty disappointing me for me. So I figured after that, I mean, there's really no point in me trying to, um, sit super heavy, you know, just kind of chill where I'm at Mm -hmm. and let my weight gradually increase over time rather than trying to eat my way up right now.
0: Yeah. If it comes natural. See, I, um, yeah, I, I, I have different ideas about water cutting. One thing, though, you definitely don't want to water cut for the first time at a big meet because the variables of water cutting, like, uh, fuck, man, I've seen, like, Paul, for instance, he's cut too, he's come in too small, like, he felt too small, the weights were way heavier on a smaller frame. He's also been too big and cut too much, and, like, the 15-pound day where it's, like, anyone listening from Europe, like, seven kilo, man, he was... He, he was, like, dying. He was like, dude, I, that was too much.
1: He looked like a ghost.
0: He looked like a ghost, man. <laughs> like, oh, he was... Man. Dude, he looked... He looked, man, he was bad. You could tell once you saw him, you're like, dude, you're hurting. And um, he... He sent me a picture from the sauna and he's wearing a hoodie with like a towel and he's sweating and it looked like he was about to drop like a hot 16. I was like, dude, you look like a fucking rapper about to bust the biggest freestyle. He was fucking like he was all hoodied up in the sauna, right?
2: And, um... No, no, you, you know, sorry to interrupt, but you know what's crazy? What's up? I actually, I talked to Ricky um and apparently he had cut like something like 20 pounds. Holy um, shit! Twenty
0: yeah. pounds! Fuck man!
2: Like apparently he was sitting in the 180s and he cut down to 74.
0: Dude, that's like that's you, you sometimes, Kathleen. <laughs> <Catholic>. Oh uh, <laughs> Wow, man. That's crazy. So all water?
2: I guess. I mean I, I don't know what his methods are, but Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I don't know if he's sl- so this is the thing. Well, wow, I mean Paul cut 15 and he did it. And, like, he, by the time, like, his squats were shit, his bench was okay. And then by the time he deadlifted, he hit a PR. Because you get bigger and bigger, you get more and more hydrated. So, Mm -hmm. if Paul did 15, like, it's, like, you could. Here's the thing. Sometimes I wonder if people exaggerate water cuts just to let people, when you see them, you think they're bigger. They seem bigger in your head. If you told me you were buck eighty, I would have believed you when I saw you. And then if I was competing against you and you're like, man, I'm like, a, I'm a buck 80. I'm fucking huge. Like I'm, I'm, I, you, I start believing you're like, man, that guy's huge. <laughs> like you it gets in your head. I don't know if <laughs> some people are exact. I know they do it. I, I watch like UFC and stuff. I know they exaggerate how big they are in like other sports just to get in opponents heads because you start believing it and starts, you start thinking, man, this dude's bigger than me and this dude's stronger than me, whatever. I don't know, man. Maybe Ricky does do 20. But that sounds fucking crazy. And you start water, to get
1: into diminishing returns. Like when is yeah. it too much that it hurts your performance? Yeah.
2: Like, yeah, especially when you're already lean.
0: Yeah. And then <laughs> you know what? Um, they say so. I guess when you're lean, water's harder to pull from your body. Apparently. Yeah. I think it's it's easier to pull water from fat cells than it is from muscle. Um, true story. So we're talking about you should never do like a water cut for the first time in a big competition, right? Do like practice cuts, whatever, if you're going to do a decent cut, because you don't want variables you're not used to. When I was, um, we had a we had a uh, podcast with uh, actually Taylor Atwood, talking about 74s, 74 kilo goat, Taylor Atwood, and um, my man was practicing a water cut. He was in mm-hmm. my house while I was talking to Taylor, in my tub water cutting, and I was like, Taylor, sorry, man, weird story. I got my man in the other room. Um, water cutting in the tub. Was, oh, I
2: remember <laughs> yeah, that. When,
0: when he met Taylor at the World Championship, <laughs> he's like, how you doing? I was a dude in the six-pack tub at the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was I a dude. A nice icebreaker. <laughs> he's
0: like, it's an awkward icebreaker. How's <laughs> that like, guy? Remember me? He's like, uh, yeah, yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, that was me. Long story. If anyone's listening to that shit, overhearing it, but um but it worked. I mean initially you were kind of iffy about water cuts, and yeah. the more you did it, the easier it got. Yeah, it
1: became a lot more comfortable.
0: He started Cafe. I'm gonna put your business out there for a second. He would like naturally, you know, some people take like things to like clear you out, clear the system, so to speak, mm-hmm. give you the runs. My man my body
1: does it naturally.
0: Naturally <laughs> would cut.
2: Hey, hey, I'm same exact thing right here.
0: Really? <laughs> really dude, he, he would. He would be like a like, whatever, eighty eight, and and without a water cut. I'm like, what's your body weight at? And he's like, oh fuck. I'm like, one seventy eight. I'm like, one <laughs> seventy. What are you cutting yeah. the seventy four kilo for, for? what? He's like, I am not retaining anything, man. Like water, food, right through him. Like like a clean as a whistle detox, man. Detox. <laughs> and I'm
2: like, dude. No, I I, I know that feeling, like like no exaggeration um every time that i train especially on my bigger training days um i will literally go like two to three times before i leave to go to the gym then when i when i get to the gym i have to go again Damn. and then during warm-ups then i have to go again Damn. and then I'll, then I'll probably have to go one more time before i leave it's
1: the worst <laughs> when you get to your tops and you're like, do I go to the bathroom and like risk like, yeah. getting cold again or oh. do I just go for it? <laughs> or do I become... Yeah, no, no I,
2: I, I legit have to like consider when I'm going to go during my warm-ups, like that's a part of the strategy. It's, <laughs> it's
0: part of the strategy. It's um, that's it, like, and that's even in, co- like not even competition, but in training. Is it yeah, just, do, is it nerves, do you think, or is it, what do you think it is?
2: No, it, it's not nerves at all. It's just I, I've had, I've always had like more active bells. I haven't been, you know, diagnosed for anything, but yeah. I'm pretty sure I there's had something com- going on there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's something coming. <laughs> man, there's something coming. What if it could, man? You should ask because it could be something simple, like, hey, man, you are lactose intolerant, and that's it. You're <laughs> you're good.
2: Yeah, you now very well could be.
0: Uh, you never know. Like with Kathy was we saying, it was nerves, but. Um, it, the thing is nerves is like a good thing though when it comes to competing
2: yeah no if, nerves is a great thing
0: if you're like the, the if I start if I'm competing on a bigger show whether it's nationals, worlds, whatever and I'm a little nervous with nervousness comes adrenaline and that's when you're going to be at your strongest there's been a couple times I've done like a local meet just trying to test out numbers and I'm not like nervous it doesn't really matter there may or may not even be somebody in my weight class or whatever I have a shit day man Cause there's no, you're not up for it. You're you're walking in there like I said, gym day. I some people don't lift as much in the in the competition as they do in the gym, and some people see other way around. With me, if it's nerves, like I'm an emotional lifter, I'm always gonna lift more in competition. You know, is that the way you work too, or?
2: Yeah, no, that's one hundred percent how I am, and that actually what you're talking about not performing as well with a local meet that actually happened to me um, in February. I did. It was a little local meet with some of my friends. My family was there watching everything. So that was really the main reason why I wanted to do that one. But um, I knew that going into it, you know, since I didn't have competition or anything, I just didn't have the, the same mindset, you know, with training and everything. And as a result, I ended up having the worst meet that I've ever had. It's just It's just not the same
0: there's like tons of athletes um, that say like once this starts happening that's when I know I got to get out like that's when I gotta mm-hmm. check out I'm in terms of sports I follow like like boxing USC the most then it's even more dire situation where if you're a boxer like Roy Jones used to say they would ask him when are you gonna stop he's like when I'm no longer nervous I gotta check out because if I'm like just a little loose and not like fixed in on what's going on and, and getting the reads on everybody's body movement when they're in, they're in there, Bad things happen. Basketball, (laughs) hockey, whatever. If you're not a little nervous and you're not as dialed in and tight, you got the rest of a team. You can maybe drag it out a season or two, but it starts getting shitty. People kind of tell like, man, it's not the same. But when you're in a solo sport, nobody can pick up the slack. And like you just, man, you you can't... I've been back there in the warm up room, and you're trying to talk yourself into being like, "Come on, man!" Like, you're trying to do these mind games. Like, mm. this means a lot yeah. when you know it doesn't mean a fucking thing, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? and you're like, "Come on, dude, let's do this." And um, it's almost like a gift and a curse. I was telling Cath who in one year of powerlifting, he went from like a local competition to like the world championships, breaking a world record in the open. And I'm like, well this well, that's that. There's no going back for you now. <laughs> like, good luck, man. It's a gift and a curse. You can never go back to a local meet. He was lifting with he shared a, a warm up room platform with Brett. Um he, he outlifted both of them in the deadlift. Like, how the fuck are you gonna go back to a local meet and get yourself up for it? <laughs>
2: you know? no, I, mean, I I was in I was in that same exact position last year. Like I did my first um USAPO meet, August twenty seventeen. Um then raw nationals after that that was a pretty big step up from there yeah. and then I ended up qualifying for for worlds um, and then I did the Arnold before that so another big step and then worlds obviously the biggest that's the highest you can go yeah so not not even a year in six months in and you've already done you know that meet yeah. so it's kind of like you're you're desensitized to doing anything less than that that's pretty per- quickly
0: that's the perfect word for it is desensitized to it. Where you like nope. if it de- like some people it depends the type of lifter you are. Some people can get in their own heads. Like like Ashton murders local meats. He just ruins local people's day. <laughs> when he shows up, like, some dude, some dude who was at a local meet and wanted to get a trophy. He's like, ah,
2: home so man. Everybody, everybody just looks at the roster like, shh.
0: <laughs> yeah, shit. Well, I guess I don't have to water cut. <laughs> right? Like, fuck. I was water loading all week until I saw that. But, uh, but yeah, some people can do it. Uh, but other times, like, um, I'm an emotional lifter. I guess if you're more stoic and you're more like in and out, it's a job. You do your thing. I th- and that's kind of the way Ashton is. If you talk to him, he's not a super emotional dude. Um, I think he's more stoic and stays in his lane and kind of handles it, you know, like his job in and out. But if you're like a, you get ramped up like Kimberly Walford, you know, how she does her thing when she hits the platform, yeah. I cannot picture Kimberly at a local meet kicking the shit out of somebody <laughs> you know getting jazzed up for that last deadlift like at the world championships I swear to god I thought Kimberly would have pulled anything she needed to for that win like she load it was literally like load the bar we're winning and um at a local meet there's no way in hell she's gonna have the same fire in her belly to be like load the fucking bar to whatever random number so I could deadlift 200 pounds more than the next person you know what I mean like it's different
2: yeah no, for sure
0: yeah um, but so in this in this one, the Nationals coming up, you and Ricky are gonna be Ricky's coming back, right?
2: Yeah, um this this will I think the seventy fours are probably gonna be the most stacked class uh, for this year at nationals and I'm not saying that because I'm biased. Well maybe a little bit biased. <laughs> but <laughs> no, but but honestly, um I think there's gonna be close to 10 of us that are going to be able to be within range of totaling over 700 kilos, which is crazy uh, for the 74s. That's insane. And then, and then there's going to be, you know, probably four or five of us that are going to potentially be able to squat 600 plus
0: Holy
2: in the 74s. And this all,
0: <laughs> is, is this all juniors?
2: Um. So there's a couple of juniors, a um, couple of open, but everybody's young, you know? Yeah. I, you got you got Taylor. He's you know the the OG, yeah, and then every, sure. and then everybody else under him. You know yeah. within that twenty to twenty four range.
0: Yeah. Are you so you are still a a junior coming into this year?
2: So I'm a USAPL junior, yeah. but I'm not an IPF junior. So ah. So junior is kind of looking past that now. And is the
0: is Ricky going to be a, a IPF junior?
2: I think. I don't think he's an IPF junior either, so I think he's he's done with the IPF as a junior too, so, as well.
0: So you guys are in Taylor Atwood territory now.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's that's pretty much going to be the goal now, you know, <laughs> yeah, trying try, trying to uh, go head-to-head with Taylor.
0: <laughs> it's going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute. Yep. He's got... He's yep. What was his total at Worlds? I don't even... It was something ridiculous. It was...
2: He he basically sandbagged seven hundred and ninety kilos. I think it was seven hundred and ninety.
1: <laughs> he was, and he had the highest looks that world. Yeah, Day, no, he's yeah.
0: he's the best. Taylor's the best lifter in the world. Like regardless of the yeah. class, like Taylor's. Yeah, would he be yeah, like? When 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 uh, um when Taylor hit his third squat at the? Did you watch it by the way? His performance in the open. Yeah, sorry. When when he hit his third mm-hmm. squat, it was wow. He jumped up like. Like, like he's going to, he could probably dunk a basketball and he was like, um, let's go. wow I was like, Oh shit, (laughs) this dude is on point today. Nobody's catching him Um, that's going to be tough, man. But the thing is you guys are young. There's a lot of room to grow. Like gains come quick for you fellas. How, so you guys are like 23 right now then, right?
2: Yeah, I'm 23. Uh, I think Ricky's 23. Um. Everybody else is uh, pretty young. There's a there's a couple of other guys, um, like five five or six guys that are going to be you know people to watch out for.
0: And, and to to squat like six hundred pounds as a seventy four kilo. I remember when I first started commentating when uh, Brett and Russell or no sorry Brett and um, John Hack were going toe to toe in Texas, two thousand sixteen. And there was two people in the 83, open, who squatted 600 pounds. Two. And that's John mm. Hack and Brett Gibbs. Two and, years later, now we've all been well, I mean, probably well, like three years <laughs> later, yeah. We got 74-kilo juniors hitting 600 pounds. It's fucking crazy, man. Um, yeah, it is. Look, you guys you guys came at the right time and the wrong time. The right time because everybody and their mother's watching. In the stream, I know from like the Olympic Channel, the ratings were like bonkers. The Olympic Channel was so happy with the ratings powerlifting brought in. On the flip side, it's tough because the competition level is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like you guys got yeah. like to rise to the top of this talent pool is tough.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, like even just a couple of years ago, the winning total for the seventy four is. I don't even know if it was seven hundred yet, like two or three years ago, yeah. and now it's they was pushing it to almost eight hundred. <laughs> yeah.
0: Man. It's freaking crazy, yeah. Um, so I, I just want to talk a little bit also about the 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 showdown, the IPF Worlds, because I don't want to skip past it. It was a big show. You guys, you and Ricky, went toe to toe in the squat. So how did this work in terms of the coaching? Did the US in terms of how they handled you? Because you got two Americans going toe to toe in it when it's this close it is going to come down to attempt selection. There's going to be no doubt about that. Um, You guys, like, literally, if you make one wrong attempt, whoever's in the lead, whoever gets the dead last, whoever gets chips in terms of world records, like, all of these are key factors, and it's going to come down to strategizing whenever it's that close. How did the U.S. team decide who gets who?
2: Um, so, I don't think they picked, like, who... uh, Who to coach, I think it was kind of a decision that was made when they were kind of dispersing the coaches between sessions. But um, it ended up being um, Handy uh, was handling, uh, Ricky and Bill uh, was handling me. And they were pretty fair, like with with the attention and everything. We kind of spoke to them beforehand about where we felt like our numbers were and like they saw our training footage and everything. And they kind of based it off of that. And so for the squats, um, we both we warmed up together and everything. Uh, we opened, I think we opened either at the same weight or within like two and a half kilos of each other. So warm ups were both pretty much the same weight all the way through. And <laughs> so with that, they were gonna basically just let us battle it out um, yeah. um, for for that for that world record squat.
0: And and it was like the two handlers. Like the coaches who were handling each of you just kind of shook hands and be like, I'll talk to you at the end. May the best man win.
2: Uh, pretty much, yeah, it was, um, you know, even though we're on the same team, yeah, for that, for that little duration, we kind of had to have our, our little sub teams,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to make a pick, like, um. You know, because somebody's gonna go for the world record, someone's gonna try to chip this, someone's gonna try to chip that. So you need to somewhat separate a little bit and be like, look at who's gonna make this decision. And um, if it if it was in the warm up room, this is what I was picturing. You know, in fucking like in like public school, if you're getting picked for like basketball, soccer, whatever the shit. And they're picking teams, and you get picked last. That would be the shittiest. If you're in the warm up room, well, who wants you? And then, like, the, the one dude picks Ricky, and the other guy's, well, I guess I'll take Michael. You bit, like, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. What do you mean, I guess I'll take Michael? <laughs> what the shit is that all about? That's why I was wondering. You know, they had to do that beforehand, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the tricky thing about it. Um, I don't think they wanted to necessarily have to make. That Type of decision, I don't think they ever do want to have to pick size, but you know,
0: you gotta do it. You gotta do it.
2: it, you gotta do it. And, and if <laughs> yeah. I
0: look at if I was, be, if I was like one of the coaches, I definitely would not make the pick in front of you guys. I pull the guy aside, I'm like, Look at man, I've been watching their Instagram, I'm gonna have to go with Mike. <laughs> 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 and, and the guy said, like, Well, yeah, all right, I like Ricky, and then you just go ahead. Uh, did you know when you were in the middle of that squat battle, which was epic, man, like that was a hell of a show. You made my job easy as a commentator. When you go back and forth with world records like that, because um, sometimes I'm like trying to drum up the excitement in the drama. Sometimes it just speaks for itself and I'm literally just reacting to everything I'm seeing. Um, when, did you know that, that he, what he was putting in and the record was going like that and like, did were you aware or were you like, don't tell me, just load the bar and tell me after the fact.
2: So I actually, I knew beforehand exactly what I wanted to squat or around what I wanted to squat. I wanted to squat at least um, 272 and a half kilos, 600. Um, and I and I had it based on how everything was moving that day. Um, but they, I mean, it's up for debate. I feel like they robbed me for my second squat. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah strikes up so, changes so for that third one i told him you know just load 267 i'll just take a little mini pr something that i knew that i could get for the third and i knew that ricky probably would end up chipping that and taking the record but i was like you know it is what it is
0: and what, just, what was the record so what was the what was the record going into this
2: um so i actually had the record it was 263 and a half of 580 I squatted that last year at okay. Worlds.
0: Okay, so you guys are going after your own record, and then when mm-hmm. Ricky, when and, and did Ricky end up taking the record with his third?
2: He did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he he, he chipped me in, in, in 268. and and squatted two sixty eight. So.
0: And when you found that out, were you like, son of a bitch? He he drew his first blood. <laughs> 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 All that shit talking he did, he's starting to live up.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean you. I, I saw his training leading up to it. I knew he was going to come in strong. I knew we were both going to be capable of squatting over 600 that day. Yeah. So it was basically whoever was able to, you know, finish with that last squat was going to have the record, period. Yeah. So
0: the, the thing is, I think you made the right choice, and here here's why. Like, if you miss your second and you were so stuck, like, you can get like a almost like a romantic attachment to numbers sometimes. you go into a competition and you're like, this is the number I want to end off on. But if you went for that big number, let's say you missed for whatever reason and now you move forward with your opener, you wouldn't have won like you you're building a total more than getting a world record more than getting a, a gold for squat, winning the squat battle. If you get wrapped up in what the other guy's doing, And you want to make sure, nah, he's not out squatting me. The record stays with me. You start getting wrapped up in a mini battle. So you load up a little too much and you missed your third. You're moving forward with just your opener towards your total. Because you said, fuck it. We take a short-term L, but I'm looking at the bigger picture. And you're building a total. And we all know how that story ended up ending. But that's a very tough, like, it's an understated thing, man. You see it all the time where people get wrapped up in what other people are doing. And um, that's why I was wondering, like, did that cross your mind? Oh, fuck, I don't want to lose. Especially with a little trash talk, it gets a little bit personal, and you're like, fuck. <laughs> you're like, ah, man, I got a kilo more. Or were you just like, or was this a conversation you even had with your coaches where, where they were like, look, man, this is what I would advise. Because I know Bill's bang on with his attempt selection as well.
2: Yeah, so we, we did have a, a little bit of a talk after my second one. And, you know, honestly, like, I had to really, really, like, tell myself, okay, we're going to stay in the meet, we're going to just take a small jump, and we're going to, you know, build the total. Because, like I, like I said, I wanted to squat 600 that day. Yeah. And I knew that I, I knew that I could have. But um, with them calling the second one, I knew that I was going to have to really sink this third one. Yeah. So, obviously, that might throw things off a little bit as far as strength is concerned. So, you know, the best thing... Just take a little small jump, something that I know I can get, and, you know, just build the total from there. So I had to keep myself in check. Bill Bill, talked to me about it, kept me in check. So. Bill says,
0: <laughs> that's where, like, the U.S. coaching staff's phenomenal. Like, you guys very rarely make a wrong call. Um, yeah. And, like, you, you see some other coaching staff, like, from other nations that aren't quite as swabby with powerlifting. They're not as big into it. They don't have the experience at the international level. And they can actually get, like, bullied into making these kind of decisions like you could bully someone into making a, an attempt that they shouldn't make they missed their second and you're like he's gonna want to go toe-to-toe with you up it he's gonna try to hold course and, and go toe-to-toe tip to tat. and you could like as soon as he misses his third that would have been a wrap but you would have had to bench and deadlift to try to pull that out it would have been phenomenal so um yeah man i mean and i know bill he's those dudes crunch numbers man like they know like all right if we hit this and they hit that they do they have like dossiers on guys out there they're well-versed yeah. with what Ricky was bringing. Uh, but going into the bench press, what were your thoughts then? How was your bench stacking up with Ricky's?
2: Um, So I knew that bench was definitely my strong point. Um, This was where I would try to establish a big enough lead to where he, he couldn't outpull um myself total. So um, I felt pretty good. About my bench. The, my only concern, which it ended up happening, was that alico platform it <laughs> it screwed me last year. Um, I was I was afraid that it would screw me again this year. Um, but you know, excuses, whatever.
0: Who um, and wait, so, wait, wait, wait. What do you think? How do you think it screwed you? What happened?
2: So, so it's just. Just with how slippery it is, depending on how you set up and depending on how much you incorporate leg drive, it can be hard to even get set up the same. So, when you're trying to push into the ground, your feet are literally sliding forward. Mm. So, it's hard to even get set up normally and it's hard to use leg drive that way.
0: You know what? When I was lifting earlier in the week, I had a shitty bench day. I'm going to use that shit too, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, use it. it. Use it. <laughs> you, you don't even have to be on on a legal platform. Just say, "Man, that, that damn Lico platform."
0: That's right. <laughs> it's a fucking different platform. I say it every time. They're like, "Bro, that wasn't even a They're like, "Nah, whatever." You know <laughs> what, what I'm
2: saying? What are you talking about? That was that was <laughs> that was right. a wood floor.
0: That's right. I'm like, I, I could tell. It was something. It was something. But uh, yeah. So, how, what did you end up hitting in bench then? Like when you guys ended up in the subtotal, where were you guys at?
2: Um, so I benched one eighty seven and a half, uh four thirteen. Um I o- I opened with a four oh two, uh one eighty two and a half, and the plan was to hit somewhere to potentially try and chip the junior world record, depending on what was there for the day. Um, which the current record is one ninety five and a half. It's like four four thirty, somewhere around there. Um and that was the plan to try and chip that, but I I knew after that opener I wasn't it wasn't there. So we just took a small five kilo jump for the second one, and then the third it was kind of wasn't really sure what was there. Um, I could have, I think I could have gotten one ninety, um, but I just said you know it's two and a half kilos. I'm just going to jump to one ninety two and try for a small PR, and I ended up not getting it. Yeah. So, so I think after. I think after bench to answer your question, I think after bench I was like thirty kilos ahead of Ricky, something like that.
0: But Ricky's got a big pull on him. He's got a big. He's got a big dead yeah. on him. Historically speaking, did Ricky have a bigger deadlift than you? Previous, like going into this,
2: who, who he did? did. Yeah, his um, his deadlift was it was pretty significantly bigger than mine. Uh, my best pull. Uh, before her worlds was 275. Um, but this was easily the best um, prep as far as deadlists are con- concerned that I've had ever. So I was pretty confident that going into this, if I had to pull whatever that I could, so I was 100% ready for that.
0: <laughs> and here's the thing so, um, and, and I remember, I think Joe, yeah, it was Joe Stanick said listen, can I do some co-commentary? And I was like, sure. What were you thinking? Was there a particular weight class? Because he, he was only there for juniors. He's like, 74. For sure, 74. And he was giving me the down low and how, like, how heated, and it was like so competitive. It's going to come down to the very last pull. And um, when Ricky came out for deads, like talking about confidence, and he's got a big deadlift on him. But did you see the video? Were you watching video backstage when he was deadlifting?
2: Yeah, yeah, he, uh, I saw all of
0: it. He hit when he hit his when he came out and hit his opener. He was all types of smiles. I think he even winked at Joe Stanek. Like he was confident, man. Like it looked like whatever he needed on the bar, he was gonna pull. And I think the discussion we were having with Joe was like he's pulling for the win. Like he's gonna pull for the win, and he's you know we he, he's just the dude who's gonna be able to pull it out if. If you didn't build the subtotal enough, he was going to overlap you and take it. And so watching this unfold for anybody listening, knowing that you'd missed your second, had to lower your third, Ricky Chips. And then knowing that you had missed your third on bench and it wasn't where you probably wanted on bench, looking at it created the drama. Oh, shit. You know, things weren't going quite as planned for Michael. And Ricky is coming out the dead so confident, man. Like the smile on his face and the winking in the crowd, like he looked like a man who's like like after his opener's like, oh shit. You know, sometimes you don't know what you have in the warm-up room, but when you go on the platform and the and you feel the weight, you're like, Oh damn, I think I got like I know you know that. Oh, when you're yeah. deadlifting. <laughs> but um, you're like, Oh damn, I think I got this. Um when you seen it, when you seen his opener and everything, what were you thinking? of me? Like, oh shit, or were you like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is gonna be a battle?
2: So um, it didn't surprise me at all. I mean, I already knew going into it that was what it was gonna be. He was gonna, he was gonna have the stronger pull, and he was gonna try to pull for the win. So it didn't surprise me at all. I I saw his opener. It moved about how I thought it would move. I was like, okay, so I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to like keep myself in check and just you know stay calm through deadlifts and just um, get my second and then whatever my third has to be, that's what it's gonna be. So.
0: And because he gets the deadlift last, he knows exactly what he needs to ch- to just beat your total, which is tough. It's like that's a tough situation in in, in terms of attempt selection for yourself when you're in a deadlift where it's like. I'm gonna load the bar, and you're guessing. You're like, I'm hoping I'm not going over what I can do, but I hope I'm also not leaving too many kilos on the table by being too conservative, because it's probably gonna take everything I got. I gotta push myself to the limit without going over. It. And um, <laughs> and when you had the deadlift first, that's the toughest situation in powerlifting. Thank God you got a guy like Bill, who like is you know he's he's, he's very rarely makes mistakes. None of the U.S. guys do, but. Um, were you, was it Ricky, which dead did Ricky start? Did he start missing right off the bat on the second attempt?
2: Yeah, he, he missed his second, which, I mean, that was, that was surprising that for sh- me and I'm sure a lot of people.
0: Uh, we, when we were watching, it was like a complete game changer. What turned into a battle started defolding into a bit of a hunt. When, you, when you're a deadlifter and you're supposed to make up the biggest total, like the biggest chunk of your total on the deadlifts and you missed your second, fuck, man. It started getting like I don't know how you know, it, it it looked like I don't did it look to you like it was strength? What were you thinking when you seen that?
2: So he was saying that he, he kinda of pulled himself out of position a little bit, which I which I can understand. And I mean I think the strength was there for sure. based off that was opener move, it I mean it had to be there. But, you know, he probably, like I said, pulled himself out of position and then after that, I mean You're trying to pull, regardless of what strength you have on the day. If if you're straining with 600 and however much that was, 670 something pounds, you're straining with that. You're gonna run out of gas after that. So yeah, yeah. And then you and then you try to pull more than that for your third. I mean, that's gonna be pretty tough.
0: It's pretty much that's a wrap. The thing is, when he came out initially. He was so confident. Like, if you would have asked me, like, do you think he hits it or doesn't hit it? And you gave me, like, a million dollars. you got to gamble with this money. If you guess right, that million's yours. And um, I, mean, I would have bet, bet the whole mill that he's getting it. He looked so confident the way he walked out there, the way he hit his opener, the way he came out there. He's all smiles and everything. It's like, oh, shit. And the way he, like, squats and everything, like, he looked so strong. When he missed that, it was a complete 180. In terms of the vibe, all of a sudden the tensions were extremely high for the deadlifter, and then you're right. Once you start, once you start emptying the tank, when when you get pulled out of position, and um, and you're struggling with that kind of weight in your hands, and that's some massive weight in your hands, that's tough to come back, you know. And then yeah. and then basically you came out and did you, you hit your third dead?
2: Yeah, I, I hit my third was actually pretty easy. It, it was it moved about like a second attempt, I would say.
0: Yeah. But the stress was off quite a bit because Ricky had to jump up again having already missed the second and um so now the pressure was really on him. If that's a tough thing. When you pull when you have to pull first, before the guy who's chasing you, and you feel like shit that felt like a second attempt, if that dude beats you by five kilo, you're fuck I had five more kilo. <laughs>
2: you know yeah. that that was the thing in, in that situation, I really, really wanted to go for um, like two eighty five ish, and that would have been a pretty big um, PR for me. That would have been a uh, ten kilo PR. Um, but we talked about it. We were like, okay, we're gonna make a small jump again. Something, something that we know that you can get, and that's gonna put put it out of reach. Yeah. Um, to make Rick, Ricky pull something that he can't pull. So um, that's what it ended up having to be.
0: Do you? Um, what was that last pull Ricky had to do?
2: Uh, I want to say it was was like 312 and a half kilos, something like that.
0: Oh, we're getting close to 700 pounds. Yeah. After squatting a world record.
2: Yeah. (laughs) See, that's,
0: you know what? Like, when you think about that, that's where, like, again, with the U.S. coaching staff and Bill been around the block, he's like, I know, you probably got these lifts in you, and, like, you probably could do it, but this isn't even a time to do a 50-50 risk let's do it like 80 percent, you're gonna hit this and for sure and then Ricky's gonna be like fuck what do I got a dead now like it's just getting (laughs) sillier and sillier right yeah basically extending him beyond his means um so when you hit that and you became a world champion what would it feel like when you like did you think what, what, what were you thinking after you hit that more you were the world champ
2: so I don't even really think that it hit me at that moment, I was kind of just, like, I was more so just happy that I put together a good meet. But at the same time, I, I was, more than anything, I was thinking about the thing, the numbers that I could have hit. Um, really? the <laughs> I, I was, like, like obviously, in that situation, you understand why yeah, yeah. You, you can't necessarily go for those numbers. But I was like, man.
0: <laughs> I tell you, let, that's the amount, the
1: classic power mentality.
0: Like what more could I have done? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And the amount of sessions I've called, like it's like it's two weeks, like millions of sessions, man. Not literally millions, but uh, but uh I've seen like it's it's better to leave thinking, oh shit, I feel like I had more in me, but I won than being like, God damn it, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, like yeah. I just threw nah, in my last sure. yeah because like, 'cause you're a world champion now. No matter what happens, no one can ever take that from you. You were an IPF world champion. If you retired today, that's on your resume, you know? And what was it like when you came home and realizing that? It was like a huge, holy shit, moment. What were your friends and family like? Was the parade ready for you when you came home to your hometown? (laughs) The mayor met you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Shaking hands and kissing babies. Shaking hands. (laughs) Kissing hands and shaking babies. Yeah, but I I have a great group of friends back here that we we all trained together and everything, and they were all, you know, they were happy. All of them tuned in and saw it, so, you know, um, we all all were were really excited about it. We did a little bit of celebrating and things like that, Um, but I wasn't, I didn't really get too caught up in it, because I immediately just wanted to, like, get back and just do even better, because... I feel, even though I felt like I had a really good meet um, it's still there are some things obviously that I can work on yeah so those
0: shit dude this is like so um, stereotypical athlete. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean where the athletes like never satisfied like like yeah. like Jordan wins the finals. Wakes up seven o'clock the next day and he's shooting hoops. Like, fuck, man, I missed that one shot. I should have had it. I was weak, you know. <laughs> like, it's it's so typical of a of a. It's like once you like do you, is there has there been many moments where you felt satisfied afterwards, or or is it always kind of this? Damn it, I gotta keep moving.
2: Um, it's. I mean, of course you're you're satisfied, you're happy with it, but I don't think you should ever really just be, you know. Just well not I won't necessarily say you should never be but um, You should be looking to improve upon yeah. um, your previous whatever
0: If that hunger has gone You're pretty much done. Oh for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah That's I would say I would say when I'm when I'm feeling happy when I'm content with where I'm at That's when I've stopped powerlifting
0: And what do you think would make you content? What are some of the goals that you want to hit that you think, look, let me tell you, if I hit this, that, and the other, and I win this, that, and the other, I think I might be, it might be a little tough for me to keep waking up in the morning to do what I do.
2: <laughs> so, so I eventually, of course, I eventually would like to be number one, you know, all the American records, world records, um, when in those big meets um, things like that once I actually get to that point um, I think that's that's when I'll be a little bit more satisfied with it yeah um, but I'm I'm kind of I'm glad that the 74s are are starting to get the way they are now because you have a lot more guys coming up um, and it's it's gonna get very soon it's gonna get to the point where if any of us like slips up a little bit, takes a little bit of time off, then the next guy is going to be able to to take your spot. So well, you
0: can't miss. It's it's like in a lot in a lot of ways. Like you need Ricky. Ricky needs you, and, and like the seventy fours need both of you. If it like yeah. put it this way, here, here this is the hardest part, man. When it comes to powerlifting, when I look at some of the competitions, like like the U.S. Opens, a, a, a good meet, what Steffi Cohen and uh, Mariana did. In in their weight class, they went toe to toe. I don't know if you watch Untested at all, but they went toe to toe. It was a phenomenal show. But the depth of competition is nowhere near as great in the Untested. They have some. They have some weight. They have to use Wilks, so everybody goes against everybody because there's just not enough depth of competition in some of the weight classes. And when you walk in there in your weight class and you're going to beat the next person by like hundred kilo, fifty kilo, whatever, that's not sport. Like, like right. it's it's like um, the difference between me me showing up for a basketball game, if it's just a, one team smokes the other team by like fifty points, I'm leaving by halftime. You know what I mean? To beat traffic, I don't. You know, right. you couldn't give away that ticket. You know, like it's yeah. not sports. You need,
2: you well, need. That's going, that's going down. That's going. Sorry, it was. Uh,
0: it cut off. Okay, something. I think it's back
2: now. Yeah. Yeah, but, but I was going to say that's going back to what we were talking about with the local meets, you know. If if you go in there, you can have a bad day and still out-total the next person by 100 kilos. I mean, yeah. it's hard to yeah to get excited about it.
0: And that's why, like, people, so. if people are like, like a local meet in a lot of ways is like an exhibition because it's not necessarily a sports sport where it's competitive, where there's like – two teams, or in this case, two people going at it, or several people going at it, it's more or less people trying to hit their numbers. Um, you know, it's it's like an exhibition almost in that respect. And at the top level, man, if you're in a weight class, like I've seen it even at the Worlds, where there's some weight classes, and if somebody's a runaway favorite, that's that's a long three hours for anybody watching. And the sport is a sport. If we're going to be on the Olympic channel... And people are going to tune in. Like, some people watch the Olympic channel, have it on in the background because it's just streaming, and they're just into sports. Lo- when the Olympics roll around, my man, I watch fucking pole vaulting. I'll watch the hurdles. I just love that shit. I love the Olympics, right? I love like track. I'll watch shit that I normally don't watch. The Olympic channels, for people who love sports, they'll so pop it on and just like entertain me. Let me see what it is. Powerlifting's on at two? Let me see what that's all about. We don't want fucking. Somebody walking in there, and he's winning, and then he's winning, and then he won. That is boring. We need you and Ricky, toe-to-toe, tossing around world records right up until the very end. We need Russell Gibbs. We need, like, the 93s, 72s. We need drama. That's sports. So it means a lot, um, not just for the viewers, in terms of, like, having, like, an Agassiz-Sampras. That's, like, a 90s, early 2000s tennis reference, you guys probably aren't gonna get. But this is, I'm showing my age right now. But I'm showing my age right now. But, uh, right now, but uh, or if I can fetter Nadal, put it that way. Go. There <laughs> we go, there we go, now I got you. Uh, I, I
2: got that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right, that's right. But, um, you, you know, you need those rivalries for the public to like recognize the names. When you guys match up over and over, you're like, oh shit, I can't wait to see them go toe to toe. Not only that, but I think even for the lifters, even when it comes to like yourself, For you to stay in it and stay like motivated when you look at the lineup when you look at the nominations and you're like oh damn fucking ricky cho here again you know like you're you're coming you're coming ready you know same with like uh when we had taylor atwood on when you were doing your what you were there (laughs) yeah i don't know if you heard it from the tub but um he was saying like he needed kajal from norway you know, he needed, who also won the Worlds in 74 Kilo, phenomenal lifter. Didn't have a great day at these Worlds, but he's a great lifter. Um, he needed guys like that to show up. Because Kajel actually beat uh, Taylor in 2017 for the world title. And um, and he needed a rival, you know? And he talked about, like, to push me. Now, he ended up not having it that day. And, fuck, me, it's going to be a hot minute. You, you fellas, you fellas got to catch up to this cat and, and make him uncomfortable. But, like... It makes it better. You know, it makes the sport as a whole. Uh, Do you think you guys, when you're looking ahead, and you see like 790, are you like, God damn, that's a big ask? Like, what what are your thoughts when you're looking at a guy like Taylor? Or do you see, like, look, give me a few years because progress comes quick.
2: No, I mean, I think it'll... um, I can definitely speak for myself. Like, it'll definitely come with time. Like, just seeing... Uh, how much I've improved just over the last couple of years. And, I mean, especially with my deadlift now, that that was the main thing, kind of keeping me behind. That was my main crutch. And now that's coming up too.
0: i seen that. So I've see seen that one dead session you posted. Yeah. That's moving. So,
2: I mean, I mean, it's getting to the point now where I don't really have weaknesses anymore. So it's just going to be a matter of just um, increasing those numbers more and more. And I think it, it'll definitely come with time.
0: And, and you know what? Also, I mean, I just remembered this too. Um, Taylor was flirting with, and I don't know, he might have just been spitting game because he does that when he comes on the podcast. He's, he's a good talker, man. When he comes on the podcast, he gets people like, oh shit, did you hear what Taylor said? But um, he was saying, he was thinking about if he wins Worlds, wins Best Lifter, uh, beats his rival Cajel, um, who was his like chief rival leading up to that, he was like, might have to move into 83s and give these boys something to worry about. And hoes, oh, man, <laughs> if he's hitting 790 as a 74, I mean, I don't know. 83, like, like they're, they're, they're pushing a lot of weight. 833 by Russell's big. But 790s as a 74, like, That'll
1: be he, interesting. I mean,
0: <laughs> if he put on mass, you know, if you start doing adding it up, like, 790s as a 74 is mind boggling. 790s and 83 is phenomenal. Like, that would have been, like, almost on the podium. Just shy of podium, and he probably could have hit podium if if he was fighting for it as a 74. Now, yep.
1: would you be relieved if you went to 83? You'd be like, no, I wanna, I want my chance at. No, it. I, I, <laughs>
2: I say, I talk about this all the time with my friends. Um, I, I don't want him to move up. I want them to stay here. Like you, like some people are happy about that, like hearing big guys move to different weight classes or whatever. But I'm, I'm like, I want that competition. I want somebody else, you know, that's. Like pushing me to, to get stronger.
0: And I respect so. that, but myself, I'd probably be sending him messages of cheeseburgers and shit, making him hungry. And sending, him, sending him coupons for Domino's Pizza and shit like that. i buy him like a fucking gift certificate for a grocery store. Send him messages.
1: I bet you, I bet you couldn't be Russell. That's right.
0: I'd be like, listen, listen man, Russell's talking mad shit about you. Can you believe that? But uh, that's me. I mean, that's me, and that's you know you. are you. But uh, so, do you think in, in the future, um, looking at the seventy fours, who are some of these other dudes that you're talking about by name? Because I'm always I'm always scouting for King of the List podcast the whole night.
2: Um. So of course you know Ricky um, Zac Zachary D Costanzo. Um. He just squatted six hundred in a meet. I think he was like yeah. the, the third. the third uh, seventy four to He's do young it as hell something too like. Man.
0: Is he like twenty?
2: No, he's he's maybe like twenty four 25, oh, somewhere around there. He's, he's an old man. So I mean he's open, but he's pretty young. Okay. Um well, are, are you talking about just the juniors or
0: no, well total. Anybody. Anybody in the 74s.
2: Um so yeah, him. Um I know you saw Austin Perkins. Um, he just had a really good meet. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, that. shit.
0: At the University uh, World Championships, yeah. dude. Yeah. When I seen that, I was like, "Yeah, bang, stars born, man." I didn't see him coming either. Did you know about him beforehand?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, the main thing with him was getting his bench up a little bit more, and it looks like that's starting to come up. So he'll be he, and I think he's only twenty, so he's definitely going to be somebody to look out for. Yeah. Uh, in the next few years. Um, let's see here. Um,
0: and do you follow these guys on, on Instagram
2: to keep yeah. an eye on
0: these cats to be like, Where are these guys at? Who am I looking <laughs> up for? Who am I looking for? Yeah, up?
2: we, and, uh, we all, all follow each other. Um, it seems like there's always like a, a random, like, young 19, 20 year old just coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Just always, <laughs> man,
0: always. And I'm telling you, you got to keep on your phone in the camera roll pictures of cheeseburgers, bro. <laughs> Be like seventy-four. It's, it's, it's,
2: hard, it's hard with these guys. I think like like Austin. I think he's really like like I think he's like one sixty, maybe less than one sixty. Dude, holy
0: smokes! So he's small too. This yeah. doesn't make sense What these boys are moving for like a hundred sixty-pound man mm-hmm. is. It's phenomenal. Like it's 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 uh we had never seen this before, and they're young.
2: Yeah, that's that's the crazy part.
0: The next generation so, is, uh, and here's the thing: they're all American. These are all Americans too. Yeah, America <laughs> could field five guys, and all five could be like flip the coin who could win the world championships.
2: You no, know, I've talked dice. about that before. Like pretty much, almost every weight class you look at, like our top five or six can go to worlds and and, and bring home. A medal,
0: a gold medal. Yeah, it's it's literally flip a coin. You never know. Like it's, um, and that's, that's the gift and the curse when it comes to the U.S. Raw Nationals. Everybody and their mother around the world will watch U.S. Raw Nationals. Like the, the streaming's big. You got, got people like in Europe who will watch it because it's so competitive. Just like, just like I was saying about sports. If you love powerlifting and you want competitive, close that's it. That's as competitive and close as you get. You want people you recognize. Names you recognize and care about. Mostly Americans have good social media. A lot of the Eastern Europeans, Europeans post like once every two weeks, once a week, you don't really get to know them. It's hard to root for them if you don't know them so well. People actually start picking favorites when it comes to like the Americans because you know them. You're like, ah, I heard him on this podcast. Oh, I seen him on like, you know, his Instagram seems like a good dude. I'm rooting for this guy. I'm team, insert the name. But, um, and, and it's competitive and close. So coming up in the U.S., even if you don't even make it to the world, by the time you make it to the world championships, a lot of people know who you are. Even if you don't make it, you'll have people all over the world watching you do your thing, which is pretty cool. Like, I'm, like when I first started powerlifting, that just wasn't, that was never an option. Nobody gave a shit no matter how far you went. So to make it to the national level is cool. Flip side of it, fuck, man. You guys gotta go against like a murderer's row of lifters to get onto the world team.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely, and it's just gonna keep getting harder every year. Yeah, like, um, I mean, this, like I said, this year, the, I mean, our whole prime time session is probably is gonna potentially total over seven hundred kilos. That's
0: ridiculous, man. That's <laughs> ridiculous. I remember, like, it wasn't long ago at all. Um, there's like nobody over 774 kilo class. Like that was like in your 83 kilo. There was, an, every, everybody was in the 700s, 83 kilo. Like like at the, t- I mean the top guys. I mean everybody's in the 700s, but only the top guys. And now, you have like 74 kilo juniors hitting that. It's like, oh damn. Like everybody's got to step their game up. Because I think, here's another thing, the bigger, the more the live streams, because um, people are dumping money into the live streams. You probably noticed the IPF. We have like, a for real camera uh, or sorry, TV team that's there. Like that's what they do is their job. They're not powerlifters. They didn't give a shit about powerlifting before they got into this. They were TV people, went to school for television, worked for the BBC. This was their job filming television, came on, learned about powerlifting, but they're there because they kicked the shit out of doing TV. So the, the streaming quality is like you're watching ESPN. That's what they wanted. And when people tune in, and you have like you and Ricky and all these like great battles happening. The quality is like ESPN. It's not like a straight camcorder, one or maybe maybe two angles. It's like eight different cameras, all these different views, slow-mo. You, when people tune in and be like, oh, shit, and they get interested, the talent pool again rises because you're reaching more and more people. So these dudes, <clears throat> these genetic freaks who would ordinarily go into track and field or go into whatever other sports – Powerlifting's starting to get them. That's why you got these twenty-year-olds who are like, "Oh, sh- how the shit?" Because like we're, it's getting big enough. You know, dudes are like, "Hey, yeah. man, I could get like a lot of followers, become Instagram famous, and and do my thing. I'm a strong guy. I'm not playing football or soccer or whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna do be a powerlifter." Ten years ago, <laughs> they, ten years ago, if I told people I was a powerlifter, they thought I was a bodybuilder. When, when, I, I, tell, when I, I this is my mother. This is my mother. I told my mother I'm going to the World Championships. It was this. It was an Olympic year that year. She told her friends at work I was going to the Olympics.
2: <laughs> like, no, it's, no the, the funny thing is um, that. Um, when I went to Worlds this year, that was my family was saying that I was going to, to the Olympics. I it's, yeah. Like it, it's, like it, it's. I mean, it, it's funny because I mean you understand because they they don't really know as much about it, yeah. and you have to like explain it to them. But but it's just funny in the moment, like when they're. Like, yeah, yeah, this is uh Michael C, my my, my grandson or whatever, he's going to the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, funny. You you almost don't want to
0: correct him. God damn it, it's, it'd be yeah. a good story if I was and it's my grandma. I can't what am I gonna do?
2: You're like, like Yo. oh, well, you know what, I I'll just run with it. Yeah, I ain't yeah. going to
0: <laughs> just run exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Did they did your family tune in and watch the live stream?
2: Uh yeah, they all did. Um it was I mean the time difference was crazy. It was like a seven hour difference or something like that. But I think it still was a decent time here. It was like twelve PM, something like that. So most most of them were able to watch.
0: No shit. Don't tell me grandma stayed up till twelve till midnight. She she probably starts <laughs> no, her day no, at midnight.
2: No, no 12, 12 PM. Oh PM PM.
0: Okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. And she's probably got nothing else to do. Is she retired?
2: <laughs> um Yeah, well yeah. But um, you know, they still they move around a lot. They
0: move around. They fill their day with something. God knows. Yeah. Um, and if it's on the Olympic channel, she's probably, see, I told you this thing. <laughs> I fucking told you. <laughs> he's, he's one of the gold medal Olympics, Michael. No shit. Listen, um, we've had you on for a little over an hour, man. Uh, thank you for being on here. Um, a couple things before I let you go, though. Uh, first off, do you do coaching yourself?
2: Um, I don't currently. Um, my I... Coach, my girlfriend. Um, okay, okay. I'm, um, I'm, I'm look, I'm looking into um, maybe getting started coaching uh, soon. Um, but as of now, uh, I don't, I don't have any clients right now. All
0: right, well let me, let me give you a little bump just in case you want some people shot your way. How do people reach you? Um, either follow you on social media. Because they want to follow it because, man, you're pushing some major weight. You're in the mix of, like, probably the most competitive weight class of one of them. And you got some battles ahead, so it's always entertaining, especially if you're talking shit over social media. Uh, <laughs> and, and if somebody does want to shoot you a line because they like they like your lifting, like how you carry yourself, and they want some coaching, how's the best way for them to reach you?
2: Um, so on Instagram, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at m a s e a y j r um so yeah that that's gonna be the best way to reach me just follow me on there um i post my training footage and and everything on there um so just shoot me a message um just look at the training footage and just enjoy
0: it and we'll get it popping and um is there anybody you want to thank before we let you go as well
2: um so i want to thank my coach marcellus um all of my friends at home, all all of the Metroplex and Pod um, everybody else, um, family and friends, any other family that might be listening, uh, thank all of you. And
0: and a and shout thank
2: out. You, and, and any anybody else uh, that follows me on Instagram that supports me, thank thank all of you guys.
0: And, and a shout out to Bill McCarthy for his attempt selection, keeping you in the pocket.
2: Yeah, yeah, shout out, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Bill for. Yeah. for not letting me um, <laughs> get, get too big <laughs> too, that's,
0: right, that's right get too big for your bridges alright listen man thank you for coming on uh, uh, yeah you're in like one of the best weight classes so I am sure we'll have you on again you'll be in the midst of some more battles good luck with training man and we'll be watching
2: alright thank you so much uh, it was great talking to you guys
0: no problem man talk to you later
2: alright talk to you later
0: and there you have it that's a serious problem
1: I have. So many people are like, yo, so when are you going to the Olympics? And it's kind of like my head goes down,
0: Tyler, things don't
1: the Olympics.
0: Yeah, it, it's <laughs> one of those like, fuck, is I'm up there now. Like, if you told, how many people did you tell us in the Olympics? Like, all oh, my friends at work. And I'm like, I don't want to, don't go back and correct everybody. Like, fuck it, I got to live this lie. Or do we go around and like, at one point, uh, my mom was a nurse at the time, when I'm telling my story, and I worked at the hospital. So I worked with these people, and she told like everybody in the mother I was going to the Olympics. Here's the problem. Now I see these people, they're like, hey, good luck in the Olympics. When are you going to Beijing? (laughs) <laughs> when you leave, when's your flight? There, and when, when the, and He'll be on the computers Googling he, when's he, he, he competed. Here's the, here's, the, here's the thing. The Olympics are on fucking television, so it's hard to lie. And when the Olympics started, and I'm still there, they're like, what are you doing here? You don't have a flight? Shouldn't you be going by now? And I'm like, "Like the powerlifting worlds was until whatever, not the same time. I'm like, damn it, man. My back's on the wall. I have to tell like 60 people actually... I'm in this little niche sport that no one gives a shit about. We didn't even have a live stream at the time, but um, anyways, yeah. And the it,
1: follow up I get is people are like, "Well, what about weightlifting? Can't you just do Olympic weightlifting?" Yeah. It's like it's like soccer to basketball. It,
0: it's different. Exactly. Yeah, there's a ball involved. <laughs> That's about it. There's a there's a barbell involved. That's about it. Yeah. Or people be telling me if I was like at the cottage for the weekend, I came back, I got a tan. They're like, "Oh, you tanned up, man. You got a competition coming." And I'm like. <laughs> Not made, that would be bodybuilding. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a bodybuilder. But, uh, but yeah. Anyways, we're getting better. It probably like it's still happening. But I think too, that's an age thing. If you talk to most people, 20s, 30s, they know what powerlifting is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like a cutoff where, yeah, you get older grandmas and, you know, parents. Some of them might be like, because it's old school. Mm-hmm. Their, their generation did not grow up with powerlifting. No, Our generation is growing up with powerlifting. We got powerlifters with like tons of social media. Oh, 100%. Um, But anyways, it's good to have him on because, yeah, man, he was in the midst of a battle. And uh, the 74s is absolutely ridiculous. One of these crazy weight classes, especially at the juniors. So some of these weight classes right now, I think the 105s next year at the Worlds in the Open is going to be, and this is a little early, but early forecast, 105s is going to be absolutely crazy in the Open.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: But if you look at... um, if you look, and we have a Mill Norland coming on from Sweden who won the 105 juniors, and we talk about it. Like, man, it's going to be nuts up. But if you look at the juniors in the years to come, what's looking, shaping up to them, people could come out of nowhere, things change. People skip weight classes, things change. But if you're looking at the juniors, the 74s, man, look like there's going to be like, it's so tight.
1: It's going to be spicy.
0: It's going to be <laughs> spicy, man. You, you Start sending out pictures of cheeseburgers, man. Make some room for yourself or eat the cheeseburgers yourself. But uh, yeah, and then you got to fucking do battle with Russell and shit. But uh, but anyways, glad to have him on. He's a good guy. Met him at the IPF Worlds and obviously a phenomenal lifter. So if you're listening to this, give guys like Michael C. the props they deserve. Give us high ratings. Post it up in your Instagram um, stories. I will repost it so that people hear about guys like Michael, hear the story, hear about all the lifters that he's competing against, and everybody gains, and everybody's good. From Six Pack Lapidat,
1: Kathy Fitness.
0: Peace.